following podcast depicts the real-life stories of men and women who laid down their life for their faith. Often these stories are brutal, gory, and disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Radical, Crazy, and Unwavering, a podcast where we talk about the real stories of Christians from around the world and throughout history who have laid down their life for Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to this first episode. If uh, you are a fan of the Happy Raccoon podcast, which is another podcast of mine, thank you so much for joining us on this new adventure. I'm um, very excited to be here, and I'm really thrilled to be um, starting this podcast up, and I really hope that you enjoy it. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the story of Ivan Moiseyev, an 18-year-old soldier in the Soviet Union Army whose faith in Jesus Christ would ultimately cost him his life. The story is gut-wrenching, to say the least, and as I said before, listener discretion is advised. Ivan Moiseyev grew up in a quiet farming area of Moldova, which at the time was a part of the Soviet Union, and his parents were considered Baptists. Uh, they were also considered peasants and farmers, but Ivan grew up in a loving and Christian home, and he had a very strong faith. But you see, uh, the leaders of the Soviet Union and Russia at this time were brutally communist and Marxist. Being openly Christian is something that was so strongly frowned upon as the Marxist atheist group in, in the Soviet Union pushed so hard for the belief in science and what science had taught. Um, so Ivan wouldn't accept Jesus openly until the age of 16, just two years before he would eventually be drafted into the army. Uh when Ivan turned 18, he fulfilled his mandatory duty of enlisting in the Soviet Union, as all males are required to do. He served until he was 20 years old, alongside his brother Vladimir. Of course, Vladimir from Russia, right? In 1970, gasoline in the United States was a whopping 40 cents a gallon. Can you believe that? Can you believe that Gunsmoke and Bonanza were the top TV shows? In 1970, the Beatles officially broke up, leaving rock and roll in turmoil for a long time. Over in Russia, there was a different battle being fought within its own country. The Soviet Union and the communist rulers that were at the head were brutally, brutally oppressing many different people from many different walks of life, mostly Christians. 
During the reign of the Soviet Union, it was reported that close to 12 million Christians were persecuted by communists. That included over 100,000 pastors, ministers, and church leaders that were executed by the Marxist atheist group. You see, at the time, make no mistake, Christianity was not actually illegal in the Soviet Union. People were free to practice that religion, but it was so oppressed and so frowned upon that many of these people that were killed and persecuted was simply by their neighbors, by people within their community, by their peers, by their colleagues. Every single day was a battle for many Christians as they upheld their faith. After enlisting in the army, the day finally came where Ivan would be saying goodbye to his family and shipping off to wherever they are to report for whatever the next process is. I imagine it's some type of boot camp similar to the United States military. But Ivan said goodbye to his family, and little did he know that would be the last time that he would see his family. He was off, and he was ready to finish up his two years um, as soon as he could, serving for the Soviet Union Army. The Soviet Union prioritized tearing down uh, a person's moral convictions, a person's opinions, and really who they are as a person. Their boot camp... They had many different tactics of really tearing down the soldier and rebuilding them up into being a robot-killing machine that followed every order blindly and focused their entirety on serving the Soviet Union. But what made Ivan so special is that regardless of who his commanding officer was, he would not deny Jesus Christ. In fact, Upon arriving at boot camp and throughout, he became quickly known by all of his peers as a man that would not stop talking about Jesus. Because of this, it would not be long before this became a problem for Ivan, but for his superiors. It wouldn't be long before Ivan's very outspoken faith would cause him to face quite a lot of suffering. As Ivan's boot camp came to a close, it became overly apparent to Ivan's commanding officer that Ivan's open Christian faith has started to become a problem. And the group, the Marxist, atheist, communist group, wanted to ensure that they literally beat the religion out of each soldier and converted them to the atheist views of science and that of the Soviet Union. The persecution that Ivan has been facing up to this point has been limited to mockery, joking, 
probably a lack of friends, a lack of popularity amongst his peers, but it hasn't gone violent and it hasn't gone brutal. Ivan has been consistently outspoken about his faith, but he was about to face the biggest challenges thus far. Ivan was summoned into Major Gedinko's office. That was his commanding officer at the time, and as Ivan left his barracks, it was a long and cold walk on an icy sidewalk to Major Gedinko's office. Ivan prayed, and he felt anxious and concerned, and as he got closer and closer to the office, Ivan just began to feel a comfort and a peace. Um, he continued to pray that, that God would give him peace and would give him the strength to remain steadfast in his faith. Ivan had no idea, of course, what was coming next. As Ivan approached the office, knocked twice and was let in. Boiseyev, you don't look like a poor pupil to me. Why are you not learning the correct answers? Sometimes there's a difference between the correct answers and the true ones. Sometimes God does not permit me to give correct answers. So God talks to you. Who is this God of yours? Sir, he is the one who created all of the universe. He greatly loves man and he sent his son. Yes, yes, I know the Christian teaching. But what has that got to do with being a soldier? Do you disagree with the teaching of the glorious Red Army? Do you not accept the principles of the scientific atheism upon which is based our entire Soviet state and the military power of the army? I simply cannot accept what I know to be untrue. Everything else I will gladly accept. Ivan, no one can prove the power and the existence of God. Even the priests and pastors agree with that. Sir, they may speak about not being able to prove God, but there is no question about knowing him. He is with me always. I'm sorry, Ivan. I'm sorry that you will not be reasonable. Your persistence will do nothing for you except bring discomfort. However, through the years, I have found that men like you often come to their senses with a little discipline. I am ordering you to stand in the street tonight after taps are played. You will stand there until you are willing to reconsider this nonsense about talking gods and angels. Being that tonight's temperature is likely to be 13 degrees below zero, for your sake, I hope you quickly agree to behave sensibly. Tomorrow we shall make a plan together for your political re-education. You are dismissed. Oh, and Ivan, you will do so in your summer uniform. There is no known record of a response from Ivan, whether he was afraid, whether he felt strong and comfortable, whether he was just downright terrified. But... Ivan did as he was told. He went back to his barracks. He waited until the taps were played, which were a ceremonial type of music to commemorate the end of a day. And after that, he put on his summer uniform, which consisted of about three different articles of clothing, 
with minimal layers. And Ivan fought off the wind and stomped through heavy snow into the middle of the courtyard where he stood there for hours. It's not known where Ivan was stationed throughout Russia, but it is known that temperatures in the winter months of Russia can get as low as negative 50 degrees, which is well below fatal. Ivan was out there in his summer garments, and the expectation from his superiors was that that he would be out there for a very short amount of time before he, quote-unquote, came to his senses. But Ivan went out there, and he stood his ground, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. Hours would go by before a couple of sergeants, several officers came out to plead with Ivan and tell him, just call it quits, renounce your faith, come get warm, enjoy a cup of soup or a cup of coffee. There's no use in torturing yourself, but Ivan said no, and before the conversation could even end, the soldiers that had only been out there for a few moments would flee back into their barracks because they were so cold, yet Ivan wasn't shivering. He was confident, standing on his own two feet, He claims that it was the Lord that was keeping him warm and keeping him comfortable. Ivan fought very hard that night as he stood out there just counting down the minutes, hoping that the sun would slowly come over the horizon and he'd be able to call it a day. And for some reason that is unknown, right as his body was starting to give way to the harsh conditions, A couple of officers called him in and let him in for the night. Around 3 o'clock in the morning, Ivan was able to return to his barracks and get warm. Unfortunately, however, his battle was long from over. As the very next day, he was ordered to do this for 12 more consecutive nights. Night after night, Ivan was out in the cold, All eyes on him, every officer, every soldier, everybody around watching him freeze out in the bitter cold. Ivan began using the time to openly pray for his fellow soldiers, his superiors, and for himself. It wasn't long after this miraculous effort that he started to receive death threats from his peers and superiors. Many people pleaded with him, why don't you just stop? Ivan responded, A lark threatened with death for singing would still continue to sing. She cannot renounce her nature, and neither can I. Shortly after these 12 days, many of the peers of Ivan began to soften their hearts towards him as they saw the miraculous effort and the faith that it took to continue to go out there every single day and declare his faith for God. So much so that many of them would actually ask Ivan how they could be saved as well. But as the soldiers' hearts began to soften towards Ivan, his superiors began to harden. And the disciplines that Ivan had received would slowly turn into torture. During one of these cold, cold nights, it was reported that accidentally, quote-unquote, a truck in the freezing cold at night, would come out of nowhere and actually would run Ivan over. He hit him with their truck. 
Ivan was injured at first and was taken to a hospital, but he would end up leaving with only minor scratches and bruises. Many thought of that as a miracle, being that he took a pretty harsh impact from a truck. Many claimed it was accidental, but felt very intentional. After the nights in the freezing cold snow weren't working, they began throwing Ivan into refrigerated cells that were meant for dead people. Ivan sat in there for hours in freezing cold cells, just waiting for the door to be open. He was essentially a prisoner while serving loyally the country that it was mandated for him to serve. He didn't want to be there, but he was there anyway, and yet they made him a prisoner on his own volunteering. I don't know about you, but I've certainly never had my faith put to the test quite like this. Ivan's story is one of hundreds of thousands. Somehow Ivan found it in himself to have this incredible, unwavering, radical, and crazy faith. Started from mocking and making fun of him to being cast out in the middle of the night in the freezing cold to now he's literally being tortured for his faith. Something that is not illegal in the country. It's entirely legal. It's simply the oppressive government that demands that its soldiers believe in one set of ideals. You see, it's really difficult for me specifically to really resonate with people in today's day and age who feel oppressed. Maybe they feel oppressed because, you know, there's one or two people in their life that maybe disagree with their homosexual lifestyle, but that's really it. Or maybe one person feels oppressed for an entire race and they don't even belong to that race. You see, that's the danger for the United States as we let our government creep in little by little because although legally you may be well within your rights, socially things can take a turn. As you can see in 1970 Soviet Union Russia, even the ranks of military can oppress its people to the point of torture. Ivan began writing letters back home to his family and Rather than telling them about the great persecution that he was under, he asked them to celebrate because he felt that God was working in and around his peers. He chose rather than to say, look at everything that I'm going through, please feel pity on me or pray for me, he said, praise God because amazing things are happening around me. Vladimir, Ivan's brother, also caught wind of the torture that was happening to Ivan. Ivan requested to Vladimir that he not tell their parents what was going on. Ivan could see the line in the sand and could see that he was approaching it, that it wouldn't be long before the torture would eventually take his body. Ivan was faithful in that Jesus' will would be fulfilled through Ivan one way or another, but Ivan knew that the likelihood of him dying was very high. And although he had withstood many obstacles and challenges, he could sense that eventually he would run out of luck. The torture that Ivan received increased in frequency, but also in creativity. 
they would clothe him in a rubber suit and pump so much air into the suit that it compressed his chest to the point where he could not breathe. And they would let him sit in this rubber suit until he'd slowly lose consciousness and then deflate it. And they would interrogate him and they would, they would drill into him and criticize his belief in Jesus Christ, but still Ivan stood strong. This type of treatment and torture would go on for two whole years, standing out in the cold, refrigerated cells, beatings, clothed in rubber suits and pumped full of air to the point where you can't breathe. Ivan had withstood it all, and he remained cheerful, and he remained pleasant to be around. Many people in his group of soldiers would be saved through Ivan. And it wasn't long before his superiors had had enough. Ivan wrote one last letter to his family, and it reads, My dear parents, the Lord has showed me the way, and I have decided to follow it. I will now have more severe and bigger battles than I have ever had till now, but I do not fear them. He goes before me. Do not grieve for me, my dear parents. It is because I love Jesus more than myself. I listen to him, but my body does not fear somewhat or does not wish to go through everything. I do because I do value what my life as much as I value him. I will not await my own will, but I will follow as the Lord leads. He says go, and I go. June 15th, 1972. Ivan's superiors had failed. They had pushed and pushed. They have broken Ivan's physical body down into almost nothing left. Yet Ivan remained faithful, and God continued to give strength and courage to Ivan. And Ivan's superiors, his military overlords, failed in breaking him. So much so that they decided it was time to rid of Ivan, and the opportunity presented itself. It was reported that a group of KGB officers would roll into this squadron of soldiers and they requested a chauffeur. And Ivan's superiors thought this is as good of an opportunity as any. They demanded that Ivan chauffeur these KGB officers to their next location. And as Ivan got into this car and began to drive off with these soldiers, that was the last time that Ivan would ever be seen alive. Just a few weeks after Ivan's parents received his last letter, they received a casket, a metal casket that was welded shut with a letter saying that this is Ivan's body. Do not open the casket. The Soviet Union Army claimed that Ivan died of an accidental drowning and that they should not open the casket, but just trust their word that he died of drowning. And his parents did what seems unthinkable and painful. But based off of the last letter that they had received from Ivan, they just had to know for sure. So they opened this welded shut casket to lay their eyes on their dead son one last time. And what they found was truly horrifying. Upon opening the casket, they were overwhelmed. First thing they noticed was that Ivan had been brutally beaten. 
His body was bruised. There was broken bones. His face was nearly unrecognizable. They also noticed that Ivan had several severe burns on his body. He had been burned and tortured through burning blisters and charred pieces of his body had been left there so clear and obvious. The last thing and possibly the most obvious thing they noticed was that Ivan had been stabbed six times in the chest. It seemed that you can almost write a story by looking at Ivan's body as to what really happened. It would seem that these KGB officers took Ivan somewhere, interrogated him the same way that his superiors did, but tortured him far more brutally. They tried burning him. They tried beating him. Ultimately, they decided to stab him to death for dead. To this day, the Soviet Union Army takes no responsibility in Ivan's death, and they stand by their original report that he drowned accidentally, regardless of the new discoveries on Ivan's body. Although Ivan may be gone from the world at this point in time, his impact remained. You see, through all this torture, stress, and brutality, Ivan, who was just a 20-year-old man, 18 years old when all of this started, he continued to love others. He continued to praise God. He continued to share Jesus with others. This had such a strong impact that eventually the squadron or the platoon or whatever it might be called that Ivan belonged to had to be split up and dispersed throughout the Soviet Union army because so many soldiers came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior simply by the example and by the words that Ivan had told. You see, God used a little farmer from Moldova, Russia, who was forced into enlisting the Soviet Union army. And like that, Ivan's faith and testimony spread like a wildfire. I can't imagine the shame and guilt and embarrassment that Major, whatever his name was, the military leaders that tortured and demanded really the death of Ivan, they suffered a brutal loss. And that loss was handed them by Ivan and by Jesus Christ. Although Ivan is gone for over 50 years now, we continue to tell his story, not because of survival or because of some overcome, but because of the amount of suffering that Ivan endured for the betterment of God's story. You see, Ivan played an integral part in the Great Commission. Ivan spread God's word no matter what. He understood his assignment. It was not an assignment given to him by a military leader. It wasn't an assignment given to him by his own goals or aspirations. It was an assignment given to him by his creator. And that was to love others, to worship God, and to love God over everything else. Ivan died brutally. He was a martyr. He died at the hands of terrible, terrible people. 
but every record indicates that Ivan went out with love, with compassion for others, with forgiveness, with pride, and with knowing that he would soon see Jesus Christ face to face. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confidence, hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Romans 5, 3-5. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode one of Radical, Crazy, and Unwavering. I'm currently unsure on how frequent these episodes will come out. What I can tell you is that this one episode took me a month to do. I'm going to hope for every other week, but that seems a little optimistic right now. As I get into the groove of things, things will probably work themselves out and hopefully become more frequent. I do appreciate you very much for listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, actually, if you wouldn't mind liking, subscribing, and sharing with your friends, that would be so greatly appreciated. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I really appreciate each and every one of you for your patronage to this podcast. I hope that you find it encouraging. I hope that these incredible testimonies of faith, um, they help you throughout your day to redefine what it means to be a radical Christian or to be a crazy, crazy Christian of faith and what it means to be unwavering in your faith. See, being a radical Christian or being a a crazy faith Christian is a good thing, something that we should strive for. Faith Faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Imagine what faith the size of Ivan's faith can do for people around you and people in your community. Think about that, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode one of Radical, Crazy, and Unwavering.